Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. Look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. This is The Jesse Kelly Show.
What if you're the right man in the wrong time? We're going to talk about that today on the Jesse Kelly Show. And yes, we are going to talk about Joe Biden's snoozer of an address to Congress. What did he say? How did he say it? What didn't he say? We'll talk to Tim. We'll talk about Tim Scott. Tim Scott's rebuttal. I have a take on Tim Scott's rebuttal that you're not going to see a lot of today. Everyone on the right loved it. Everyone on the left hated it. Of course, they're all calling him a bunch of racist names and stuff like that. That's that's who they are. Remember, that's who the communist is. It's not that the communist is racist either. I see a lot of that from the right. Ah, uh, you're right. Ra- they're ra- they're the real racist. They're racist. No, they're not really. I mean, not any more than you or me or anyone else. Everyone holds some prejudice of some kind. It's not that the communist is racist. It's that the communist wants to viciously destroy anybody who isn't aiding his cause. And skin color was just the low-hanging fruit when it came to Tim Scott. But I have a lot more to talk about when it comes to Tim Scott. I am basically... Look... You know the last thing I will ever do behind this microphone is call attention to myself or praise myself in any way. That's just not how I, what, Chris? That's not how I conduct my business. But I'm pretty much a hero today. Maybe we should have done Medal of Honor Thursday. Because what, Chris? I I did so much TV and radio yesterday. I was on Laura Ingram's show on Fox News at like midnight last night. Oh, I'm just kidding. It's just radio and TV. I'll be just fine. I'm drinking some coffee. I'll I'll be just fine. You work. I don't work. But before we get into Joe Biden and Tim Scott, we'll talk about Rudy Giuliani having his place raided by the feds. There are major, major things out there. So I will try to get through this history story as fast as I can. Let's go down to South America. South America and Africa are two places, I don't want to say get ignored, because that's not fair. People love those places, and they study them, and they go there, and things like that. But man, when you look at the attention places like Asia and Europe get versus places like Africa and South America, it's shocking. Now, that's a lot of that's probably fair, because... We have a documented history from places like Asia that dates back thousands of years. The Chinese were churning out docks over there a long, long, long time ago. And what you had in Africa and South America were tribal peoples who weren't writing things down. So all you had was oral histories. So you show up and you don't know what happened before and you don't know how long it happened. But South America got discovered. You know the story. This is the era this is the era of discovery, the era of brave, oftentimes bad, but brave men hopping on sailing vessels, pointing them across the Pacific Ocean or I'm sorry, the Atlantic Ocean and just setting sail and crossing their fingers. And and you and I don't show enough appreciation for the bravery that takes. And the bravery it takes that even if you survive the journey, once you get there, the chance of you encountering 
a disease from the mosquitoes and everything else, the chances of you encountering a hostile native tribe. Remember, all the tribes are different. It's, well, the Indians. No, there's, there's drastic differences in the tribes. Some are very friendly. Some are very warlike. Some are friendly and can become warlike with the snap of your fingers. You, you don't know. You don't know. There are guys in, in Hernan Cortez's crew as he was taking over the Aztecs, there are men who bravely sailed across the ocean, and you know how their life ended? Being stripped naked at the top of a massive Aztec pole, being forced to dance before they were laid out on a piece of stone and had their heart cut out while they were alive. That's how it ends sometimes. That's an ugly way to end. So respect for the bravery. But I don't want to belabor that point. South America got colonized by Spain, mainly in Portugal. I understand there were other influences there, but that's mainly who did it. That's why they mainly speak Spanish and Portuguese down in South America now. Argentina was one of those places colonized by the Spain, by, by the Spain, by the Spanish. And they, for a long time, and still today, and honestly, most of South America does to this day, have a huge European influence. I mean, America does. We were colonized by the Europeans, remember? Huge European influence. Argentina. They had this influence for a long time. They were, they were completely governed by the Spanish for a long time. And then in that era where everything seemed to be coming apart for the Spanish, the 1800s, they got their independence. 1816, Argentina breaks away. Now, when they broke away, this is what countries really struggle with a lot. And this is, what, this is what, something you're going to face in your future, too how much you can completely change how people think about how government should run. What I mean by that is, like in the instance of, in the the example of Argentina. Okay, you have cast off the Spanish. You're an independent nation. We will not be ruled anymore by the Spanish, these Spanish oligarchs and landowners oppressing the poor. That's going to stop now. Well, not really. You can gain independence from the Spanish, but that form of government, local and federal in the Argentinian way, that's all they knew. That's all the poor knew. That's all the oligarchs knew. You can toss the Spanish off all you want. It's not as if the wealthy few people who ran the country are now going to say, okay, come take my stuff. They're still there, and they're still running things. Which brings me to a man named Juan Perón. And I will be fully honest with you here. I started diving into Juan Perón. I already knew a bit about him, but I decided I was going to do a little bit deeper last night, dig into him more, figure out what I can figure out. And part of the reason he was appealing to me last night is... I had done a search. I, I decided it was time to go do some kind of dictator thing because I want to go somewhere with the show today. And I did a search for South American dictators because they've had a few. And his name pops up on a list. I forget what, what, what the article was, who did it. I guess I don't want to call him out anyway. But Juan Perón pops up on a list, and I'm all, you know, I'm always down for a dictator story. 
Who doesn't love a South American dictator story? Let's dive into this and see how murderous this piece of trash was. And then I started digging in more and more, and I'll be frank with you. By the time I was done with his story, I kind of liked him. I kind of liked him. You'll have to make your own choices on whether or not you like him. There are obviously plenty of warts there, but by the time we're done with our story today. All right, Juan Perón. He is not born to one of the oligarchs. He's born fairly poor. His dad, and I don't know if this is fair, kind of sounds like a little bit of maybe a loser. I don't know if that's entirely, I'll tell you this, loser may not be fair because I was not in this economy. I wasn't in their situation. His dad seemed to bounce around to different jobs a lot. And everybody knows a guy like that to this day. And I don't mean don't change careers. I've changed careers five or six times in my adulthood. I fell backwards into this one about three years ago. But, well, I'll explain in a second. Then we'll get to Biden's speech and Tim Scott's response. Hang on. Jake's Mint Chew, I've told you about it a lot. We've talked about it for a long time. And, yeah, I'm going to go into everything it can do for you, helping you quit dipping and quit smoking. But remember this, Jake's Mint Chew is made in the USA. How many times have you and I talked about being more purposeful, more purposeful with what we buy? Jake's Mint Chew also, it's going to help you quit dipping. It's that thing that will finally help you quit dipping. Don't get to that place where you just shrug your shoulders and say, I'm never going to quit. Nothing works. I've been there. I've been there. I'm not judging you. Don't get there, though. Try one more thing for me. Try Jake's Mint Chew. And let me just suggest, try the CBD pouches. They have four different flavors of those. They really work well. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's Jake's mintchew.com use the code jesse at checkout for 20 percent off this is the jesse kelly show like a stain on your brain you can't get out We have to do more than just build back better. We build back, we have to build back better. <laughs> that was Joe Biden from last night on his address of the, the joint session of Congress. You're not supposed to call it a State of the Union. I'm going to call it a State of the Union a couple times today on accident because I'm an educated. It is me, Jesse, the Shogun Kelly here on the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Before I forget, tomorrow, tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Yes, it is. So email me your questions. I understand we have a bunch of new listeners. They keep handing me these numbers that are 
shocking, shockingly going up, like a lot, really fast. So we have new listeners. So allow me to explain. All week long, we do the normal show, open with a history segment, talk some politics, laugh, screw off a little bit. That's our normal show. On Friday's show, we do a history segment. But then oftentimes I won't even do guests. I just answer your email questions and voicemail questions and phone call questions all day long. And they do not have to be political. They can be. That's totally fine. Don't worry about that. They could be about history or food or men or women or or travel or ridiculous, stupid survival scenarios or anything. I don't care. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Send me your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. We have Lisa Booth with Fox News coming up in about an hour and 10 minutes. I want her reaction to the Joe Biden speech. And then we have the great Lauren Chen coming up in the last hour. I want to hear what she has to say about Tim Scott. I have a different take on Tim Scott. Back to our story. Juan Peron. Dad bouncing around a lot. We all know a guy like that. Dad decides he's going to move out of the cities to the country and become a rancher. He keeps trying and failing at that, too. That eventually ended in disaster for him. But long story short, Juan Perón grew up as a rancher's son. Now, it wasn't a successful rancher, but he grew up as a rancher's son. He grew up working with his hands, great outdoors, physically active, that kind of thing. And this is a country, remember, very much divided between the haves and have-nots. 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 A bunch of very rich oligarchs. And the rest of the country is fairly poor. Juan gets sent off to boarding school at the age of nine. Sent off at the age of nine. Isn't it crazy to think how other kids have lived? Now, I mean, his parents didn't die or something, but just sent off to boarding school. He's in a boarding school with wealthy kids. He's not one. And he doesn't get along. He is rough. He is much more mature Then the kids around him, because he grew up working, he's been, he's had a job and he's surrounded by rich kids who've had maids and servants and all these other things. And he, instead of being looked down on, although they did look down on him, he looked at all the air fingers, quote, elite kids, and he looked down on them. And I will tell you, that is something that people still do to this day. Rich people, super wealthy people, and there's nothing wrong with being super wealthy, They'll tend to look down on the guy who's paving the road beside him in traffic on the way to work. The guy paving the road's thinking the same thing when he looks at you and your manicured nails. Believe me, he is. Juan Perón joins the military, age of 16, and this is a man who's just, he's just a dude. He's just a He gets into boxing. He gets into fencing. Chris, I want to try fencing. I bet I could fence. You think I could fence? My arms are really long. Granted, I have a lot of territory to hit. I bet I could fence, though. I bet I, you know, who am I kidding? Of course I could fence. I'd be great at it. And when he joins the military, he starts excelling. Now, there are two different divisions to the military. I mean, to, to, to this portion of the military. And you, this is very common throughout history. There's the cavalry, the guys on horseback. And then there's the infantry. And this is also very, very common throughout history. This goes back to 
before the ancient Romans, and, and the Romans counted too. The wealthier people are in the cavalry. The more poor people are in the infantry. This is how Alexander's army was set up. This is, this is the norm. That is, that's a little tidbit you can take away from today. The norm is the more wealthy people are in the cavalry. And obviously, for obvious reasons, right? A horse costs money. Maintaining a horse costs money. Having an area where a horse can graze and survive costs money. Poor people don't have it. Rich do. Rich people are in the cavalry because they're the ones with the horses. One goes to the infantry and thrives. And I mean thrives. He is organized. He is absurdly charismatic. And he is the definition of a fast riser. They have him teaching at their military school shortly. Juan is a star. And then we're in about the 1930s and the Great Depression hits. We Americans look at the Great Depression through American eyes. Understandably, it's not because we're ugly Americans. It's because that's who we are. But oftentimes we forget the Great Depression was a worldwide thing. It was not an American thing. They felt people were starving to death in Europe. People were starving in South America. This thing hammers the people of Argentina. And just like here, just like anywhere, when very, very difficult economic times hit, and there are always difficult economic times around the corner, when they hit, people in general are going to look for somebody to blame, especially when they can't blame themselves. Because realize, uh, you and I are caught up in the global affairs wheel too, right? There have been plenty of times in my life where I got a little benefit I, I didn't really earn or do anything for. And there have been times in my life where I got shafted and I didn't do anything wrong. And you're no different too. That's just life. Well, imagine you got a good job feeding the family, three, four kids, hot Argentina, hot Argentinian wife. And then your job just disappears because the industry disappears because of a Great Depression. You think that's not going to create some anger in some people? It did. And the anger only got worse in a country like Argentina because, remember, you still have all the oligarchs there. They're making stupid amounts of money during the Great Depression, as many of our super wealthy did here. But their system is so much worse than ours. A lot of our rich people got wiped out, too. And their system, their rich people made an absolute fortune. Fortune. Selling off huge parts of the country. No, it's not a good thing, Chris. And there are... True or not, even though in this case it turned out to be true, true or not, there are whiffs of corruption. And that will take a simmering, resentful public into a murderously raging public quickly. Okay, it's one thing if I lost my job and you're making money. Okay, life's unfair. It's another thing if I find out you're doing it corruptly and screwing me over, now we've got a problem. And now the talks of a coup begin. And there are two different guys who are essentially planning a coup. And I don't mean they're on the same team. I mean, one guy has the support of the people. The other guy has the support of the military. Juan Perón wants to be involved in this coup. He decides instead of picking the charismatic dude 
who has the support of the people. He decides to pick the guy who has the support of the military, and he picks the wrong side. There is a coup. It's a bloodless coup, and his guy, his guy's left in the lurch. Now he's in exile. What's he going to do? I'll tell you in just a moment, and then we'll get to Joe Biden, Tim Scott. Hang on. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Don't forget we have Fox News' Lisa Booth. Coming up in about an hour from now, what'd she think about the Joe Biden speech? Oh, I have so much Biden stuff. Chris, do you have do you do you have the one about the deer and the Kevlar? You have to play that. We need more Senate Republicans to join the overwhelming majority of Democratic colleagues and close the loopholes required in background check purchases of guns. We need a ban on assault weapons and high capacity magazines. And don't tell me it can't be done. We did it before and it worked. Talk to most responsible gun owners and hunters. They'll tell you there's no possible justification for having 100 rounds in a weapon. What do you think, deer wearing Kevlar vests? <laughs> they know. They know nothing about guns. There's 100 rounds in, in, in a weapon. Does somebody have a belt-fed machine gun out there I'm not aware of? <laughs> all right, all right, come on. But don't get me distracted yet. We'll get to the Biden speech and, and my reaction to all that ridiculous stuff here in a second. All right. Perone backs the wrong horse. Juan Perone of Argentina backs the wrong horse. Gets banished, but it's a bloodless coup, and he's not banished as in, you know, thrown in a dungeon getting his fingernails pulled out. He's just getting lame military posts, you know. Oh, sucks, you backed the wrong guy, that kind of thing. But the new president sucks, too. And the country finally decides to hold what they call a free election. That's not free. It ends up being horribly rigged. And the people who got into power keep getting back into power and making themselves rich and screwing the people over and over and over again. Now they're selling off more assets to foreigners 
And it's it's ugly. Well, Juan Perone kind of makes his way out of exile because he's too talented and starts getting promoted again. Gets a military post in Chile. What, Chris? You don't know how to say it. And then he gets a military post in Italy. 1938 Italy. He steps into 1938 Italy and he looks around at what's going on in Europe. He looks at Mussolini and his fascism. He looks like at Hitler and his fascism. And Juan Perón is very impressed. He's very, very impressed. And this is the part where it's going to be a little ugly, you know. But remember, Hitler wasn't Hitler yet. Mussolini, Mussolini was always an idiot, but he wasn't, you know, the embarrassing idiot yet. At this point, if you wanted to make the argument, he was just looking at a strong patriotic leader because that's what he saw. He saw patriotism and revitalizing a poor nation, and I need to go back and I need to do that. Should be noted, I won't go back to this again, but there's a reason Nazis escaped to places like Argentina. Part of the controversy of Juan Perón wasn't that he was really on the side of the Germans. Argentina was really neutral during this, during the whole World War II thing, but he was definitely diplomatically tied to the Germans. There were ties there, and there are, I'm told, I've never witnessed this personally, I'm told there are little parts of Argentina, little villages, little parts of town that are very, very German to this day. I mean, flat out people running around speaking German. I don't know if they're doing the Hail Hitler speech, Chris. I'm not going. Do you want me to go investigate? Hey, Nazi friends. How about those Jews? I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going. But I've, I have heard that that is the case. All right. So he's getting promoted again. He's rolling on. And he gets back home and he's disgusted with his own government. He's disgusted with this rise of communism that's starting to happen down in Argentina. And he decides he's going to do something about it. He decides he's going to back another coup. He's not the head of it. He's going to back another one. There's another coup happens. Boom. They take over. This one's also bloodless. This is in 1943. And Perón, he's such a strong backer of the coup, he has his really choice of jobs. Perón decides he doesn't want any of the sexy posts out there. He wants to be the head of the labor office. Why in the world would a star like Juan Perón take a lame job like head of the labor office? It's because Juan Perón has recognized something nobody else in his country recognizes. The people... They are the most underfed portion of the population, and that's where the real power lies. There's yet another coup. This time, Perón is the vice president, and now he starts dating somebody you may have heard of before. The women undoubtedly have heard of her before. Her name was Evita. I'm pretty sure it was Madonna who did a movie about Evita of the Don't Cry For Me Argentina. Yes, that's where we're going here. And him dating Evita and living with Evita is a big deal because it's kind of a scandal. This is a Catholic country, and here he is with this actress who can sing, living with her, living in sin, Chris. But the people are wanting an election. They don't want a coup. They're angry. They run Perón out of office because they say, yeah, we love you, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't have done a coup. He's... 
essentially on a prison island. The government that takes over makes the horrible mistake of bringing him back from said prison island and allowing him to give a speech to the masses. He stands up and gives a speech to the masses because the masses were calling for him. He stands up and gives a speech to the masses, and he blows the doors off the place. They begin demanding his release. They demand, I wish I could hear the speech. I'm sure there's probably audio of it out there. I couldn't find it. They demand his release. He does get released and promptly takes over the nation. He, they announce an election. He announces he's running. He takes over. 1946, he's now the nationalist populist that takes over the country. And immediately, this is when he starts to get the tyrant label. They had a very corrupt judiciary. The, the judiciary was the one who had certified the past illegal things. Yeah, he promptly has all the bad judges impeached and, impeached and thrown out of office, which I thought was cool. Wages increased immediately. More hospitals. He's looking around as populists do, trying to figure out how to keep his power. He allows women to vote. He takes this dime of a now wife that he has in Evita, and she, she appears to be a really good person. She is the ultimate in poor outreach. She's doing, she's traveling all over the country on his behalf, doing outreach to the poor people, and the country loves her. Now, he does pass a law against criticizing the government and after he passes said law he does begin to apprehend his political opponents and there's some torture involved there's some torture involved chris and during these court torture sessions people are confessing to their crimes i'm sure it had nothing to do with the torture okay he wasn't a great guy all right he was not a great guy but nevertheless he did try to clean up the country He's pulling really savvy moves. Like the Constitution would not let him run for re-election. So he comes out totally unprompted and says, I won't run for re-election. The Constitution doesn't let me. To what that only prompts his supporters to lose their mind and demand they change the Constitution, and they did, so he could run for re-election, that kind of thing. And it's going well, but Perone starts to get in love with his own power. He starts nationalizing industries. When he starts doing this, as happens every time, all the money in the country flees the country. They take off. Now you have mass poverty, mass anger, mass inflation, and his popularity starts to go down. What do they do? Well, Evita's dying of cancer at this point in time. They have her go out and give speeches on his behalf, and it wins him re-election. But then she dies, and now Perone is coming to his end. We'll talk about his end, and then it's Joe Biden time. Hang on. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. All right, I just have to get this off my chest here. The wife recently hosted a baby shower in my home. Okay, that's that's bad enough. No, I wasn't there. I left, of course. But she had an alpaca come into my home. In case you don't know what that is, it's a giant animal that looks like a llama because the lady whose baby shower it was loved the thing. 
And I said, "What? it's going to smell. Why, why do I have a, a wild animal in my home? Are you out of your mind? And you know what she said to me on my life? She said, well, we have those Eden Pure things you bought. It'll take care of it. <laughs> and, you know, what was I supposed to say to that? The Eden Pure Thunderstorm is incredible. On top of the allergies and the bacteria and everything else, it takes odors out. All of them. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE for 10 bucks off. The Jesse Kelly Show. The country supports reform this, and Congress should act. This shouldn't be a red or blue issue. And no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. We're not changing the Constitution. We're being reasonable. Wait, what? (laughs) That was Joe Biden. Oh, I can't wait to get this. All right, I'm going to wrap this story up now. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com, 877-377-4373. We have Fox News' Lisa Booth coming up in about 40 minutes. Perone, his dime wife Evita dies of cancer. She was the popular one in the crew. Now the country's running into financial problems. He has to cut some deals, stabilize the economy, But he's getting people whispering in his ear because he's too stuck in the bubble. And what are they saying? They're saying that Argentina needs to modernize and they need to legalize hookers and divorce. Now, obviously, that's something we could have a lot of fun with if we had the time. We're not going to today, Chris, but this is the definition of bubble thinking. Because it is a Catholic nation. Virtually everybody there is Catholic. And somehow the president doesn't see that. And he is pushing proposals to legalize ladies of the night and divorcing your wife. Both things frowned upon by the Catholic Church, obviously. So Perone, because this is simply how he's always done things, starts to crack down on the church. He's doing things like canceling Christmas displays by the church. It's that big of a deal. Well, he's finally faced somebody he he's not more powerful than. He ramps it up. They ramp it up. He starts to ban religious schools. The Pope excommunicates him. Then the military tries a coup against Perone and fails. Perone's supporters bombed some Catholic churches in this in the country. It's the country's now a powder keg and Perone, to his credit, doesn't want people dying. He resigns, gets exiled. This is nineteen fifty five. And he's still rich. You know, once you're a dictator for a while, they always end up fairly well off. They all have huge bank accounts in Switzerland somewhere where they've been stashing cash in case the worst happens. He starts to travel around. He got out at the right time. Starts to travel around rich. He's an international celebrity. Argentina, 
They still can't get their stuff together. They're a mess for years and years and years. We get to the 1970s, and they're still a mess. They're such a mess that they call for Perone to return to the nation, which he does in the 1970s. It's just an amazing story. Runs for president and wins again. And no, that part, I mean, that's kind of a lame, very, very end to it. That part didn't go that well. The country was still divided. His health was a disaster by that point in time. Chest infections and stuff like that ends up having a heart attack and dying. But the real story I took away from Juan Perón is him getting out at the right time. Timing is absolutely everything. Juan Perón was a man who understood very much. I I mean, throughout his life, he was a man who understood this is a good time for me. This is a bad time for me. All times are not made for all men. There's a reason in ancient Roman society before the emperors and stuff like that took over when they were a republic, when war would break out, when a national crisis would hit. They would appoint a dictator to rule the country with an iron fist. A dictator who then had to give up his power the second the crisis was over. Why did they do that? Well, because their form of government, while it was superior to others, their form of government wasn't made for all times. Sometimes you needed a dictator. And then they also understood a dictator is really not a good thing to have for all times. Let's get a dictator during the war, get everybody shaped up, shipped up, get the enemy defeated, and then we'll pack things up and leave. I'm that's it's it's how they did business. Frankly, it's kind of how our government is set up in a different way. That's why the president is called the commander in chief. So if the Congress declares war, not that we ever do that anymore, but if the Congress declares war, you've really handed over the reins to the president, not to become dictator, but to run the, the, the military campaign in any way he sees fit. That's why the country is set up in that way. What I'm saying to you is this. All men are not made for all times. I understand that I, look, I'll point fingers at myself here. <laughs> what, what do I love talking about more than me? I'm not made for all times. I don't think, frankly, I don't think I would do that well in a very calm, peaceful time without conflict. I think conflict is where I do well. How does this apply to what we have? Let's talk about it right now. Hang on. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, Ryan. You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum. Sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. 
that's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.